Welcome to the Like Destiny Podcast. Let's talk about worship. And let's talk about um, going to war in worship. Um, Chris and I, we had a little chat about just what it means to fight. And uh, you, you hear me very, very, very seldomly talk about the devil. Um, just because I'd much rather be consumed with Jesus. And it really is that, that thing of you, you, you only have, let me, you only have one set of eyes. And you can only focus on one thing. And the same is for your heart. And uh, if you are fighting the devil, you're just kind of already lost because you you've taken your eyes off Jesus. So I'm not saying we're not called into spiritual warfare. Quite the opposite. I do believe warfare happens throughout the day. But it happens always with my eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Yeah, I'm into that. And, uh, and then the devil can come and he can yell at you or he can manifest and you cast a demon out. And it's not a problem. Or you just, you, you know, you walk in that security as like, I am an overcomer in this situation. So sometimes I do need to declare. Sometimes I do need to. Um, I love Don Potter's song. I have decided I'm going to make a stand. And then it says, thus far and no more. I'm going to take up the sword and I fight in the name of the Lord. It's great. But, I mean, how did Jesus fight? Seriously, do you ever see him yell at a demon? Once. This guy is not Pentecostal the way we expect <laughs> spiritual warfare. Because we expect sp- spiritual warfare to call your intercessors. Because we have this weird fear of the enemy. We don't ever call our intercessors... Um, to declare his goodness. You know. But we call the intercessors. There's an attack. Bring your tambourine. You know. Just make sure the shofar is ready. What a, It's so weird. And actually what it, what it speaks of. Is this unhealthy fear. Of the devil. Of what he can do. Not realizing. The protection that we walk in and under. As children of God. Now. The, um, even Paul said, you know, the devil resists. It's because of him that I couldn't go there. So, so I do understand the devil do, does mess stuff up. Yeah. But he is Belzebul. He's the Lord of the flies. He's the one that when you are, you know, in Charleston, there's mosquitoes everywhere. And they just distract you, especially at night. You're trying to sleep. Where is it? There's one mosquito in here. And this one little thing, this gnat that has nothing on you, still completely distracts you yeah and uh and now if there's a whole bunch of flies and just and that's what the devil does like that's his that's his strategy just like you know you're focusing on jesus you're just cruising along and just like, oh, life is good i'm just enjoying jesus another one and then you start doing that with your hands and you start getting frantic and then you just you feel it like a little mosquito and you Start hitting yourself. And that's what, like, literally, this is what we do in the spirit. And we start beating ourselves up. Or maybe there's unconfessed sin in my life. You know, where is it? And and you do this. And all the while, the enemy is not winning in terms of 
possessing more land. Oh, but he's, you're stuck now. You're not moving forward because you're busy fighting this fly that just runs around you or runs circles around you and, and just keeps you from actually focusing on Jesus. So I want to talk about warfare. I want to talk about um, worship. And I want to talk about the greatness of Jesus in all of this. Yeah. I mean, he just, whenever demons, you just read Mark. You know, is it Mark 5 with a demoniac? Um, he just crosses the sea and a demoniac comes and uh, Jesus just, he just steps out of the boat. He hasn't done anything yet. And the very first thing is like, what have you to do with us? Are you come to torment us? Please don't say. I mean, that's a whole other thing of just that story. But unclean spirits always manifested when Jesus came. And there was no sprinkling of holy water or doing anything like this. It was just a simple, I know who I am. You know, there's the seven sons of Sceva in, um, in, in Acts. Do you know that? They're, they're, they're Jewish exorcists. I mean, that's, that's already amazing. Because, okay, this is, this is the thing about Jesus' ministry was so mind-blowing because this is for the first time in human history that a man has authority over spirit. There's nothing like this in the Old Covenant. People were healed. People even got raised from the dead under the Old Covenant. Power of God was manifest. But for the very first time, man had authority over spirit world. And this was big. This is why the disciples like, even demons obey us. This is... This is incredible. Humanity has never seen such authority before. And so now, um, you know, the news of Jesus spreads and, and the gospel is being proclaimed. And then there's, um, there's these seven sons. And they're, they're, they're Jewish exorcists. And they now step into this thing of the name of Jesus has power. It does, by the way. That's why I keep it holy. Keep it precious. It's Jesus. Ah! Ah, um, where was I going? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and they are they, they're practicing exorcism by invoking the name of Jesus without knowing who he is intimately as, as just in, a, in terms of a relationship. Um, so so they're, they're casting out demons saying, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. Yeah. And then the demon answers back. <laughs> it's like, Paul. I don't know how he says, oh, Paul. I don't know how demons speak. Some, some of them have spoken to me very deep. and Because so, they try to still intimidate you. I don't know if you've ever had to cast out a demon. It's really not a big deal. Sometimes they're just trying to puff themselves up. They're like literally puff a fish. Because you need to be afraid of me to back off. That's what we do, by the way, as well. When we're threatened, just as people. I'm going to, I'm going to, be as scary as I can be so you back off. Yeah? That's why we start yelling when we're angry. That's because, I mean, right now you scare me too much. So, I'm going to come out and then you hopefully back off. So that's what they do. So this, this guy speaks to the seven sons of Sceva. says, Paul I know. Jesus I know. But who are you? And then this one guy beats up seven guys so they have to run 
and escape naked. This is pretty cool. Because <laughs> um, they used Jesus' power and name illegitimately. It's, it's this thing of, you don't, Jesus gave his disciples authority. He, he has given us authority to be children of God. He has given us authority that he has carried. Father, you know, this is everything that you've given me. I'm going to glorify my sons, my, my disciples, my friends, my servants with the same thing, the same authority. But it is always based on relationship. It's never based on a formula that you know. That's why, you know, that's, that's when, he, when you, like Freemasonry is, you know, just on the outside looks very Christian. It's very Christian. But it's not based on anything relational. It's all about mysterious rituals and formulas. And, and then it gets into some very occult things very quickly. But it's, you know, just because some things look a certain way. That's why Jesus said, you know, there, there'll be people coming on the last day that says, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name? Guys, I never knew you. You know, you, you've been practicing lawlessness. You've, I've, never ha- I've never given you the authority. Because you never wanted to do life with me. You just wanted to have the power. But you cannot separate Jesus, the person, from the power. It just never works. As soon as you do that, trust me, you've stepped into witchcraft. It is like that. doesn't matter what name you invoke, you know, it's still witchcraft. Because this is the thing about witchcraft. Witchcraft comes down to, ultimately, it's just control and manipulation. Because I'm trying to get you to do something that I want. That's what it is. That's what voodoo is and all that, you know. If I poke the doll, if I make them do something, then they will fall in love with me. Then they will be cursed, and they will suffer, and they will behave the way I want them to behave. That's why the Bible says that actually control and manipulation are as witchcraft. It's the weirdest thing because we think, oh, witchcraft has to do with just, you know, this, this thing that doesn't really happen in our society so much anymore. You know, you don't see a witch doctor at the corner with a little booth, you know, just like a voodoo thing that, hey, just, it doesn't really happen that often anymore, at least in the Western world. But man, does control happen. Hoo-hoo! And manipulation. If you love me, then you would do this. If you do this, oh, if you want to be my friend, blah, blah, blah. And God says, it's the same thing. Because actually now I'm trying to superimpose my desire on you. How does God, his, does, does he want everybody to be saved? Yes, that is the will of God. Does he superimpose that upon everybody? No. Nope. Why? Because he's not a witch doctor. <laughs> he's God. Yeah, but there is this preciousness, this, this thing about I've made you free and for love. And you get to choose how you want to live. And here's a great invitation, but I'm not going to make you. Sometimes I wish he would make us a little bit more. It's like, stop 
us from doing this. And, you know, if I was God, I would come in every now and then and be like, right, this is not how you treat each other. <laughs> or you dictators, or you, you know, slave workers, laborers. All. I would sort it out. God, somehow. I don't understand how he does it. And yet he has such this huge value that he would much rather die for you than make you do something. It's crazy. I don't understand that. And yet that's who he is. That's what the kingdom is like. Ah. This is nothing but what I wanted to talk about. That's there's yeah, so let's let's start with that. So warfare. Um keep your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Okay? You seriously you won't you you can't go wrong with that. Just if in doubt worship. That's what Bill Johnson said. I wish I would have I said it now, so you can quote me. But <laughs> if in doubt, worship. And uh, if under attack, same thing applies, worship. He will let you know what to do. There's going to be times when he says, just hold the course. And there's going to be times when he says, you need to stand your ground. And there's going to be times when he says, you need to declare truth into this situation. And there's going to be times when he says, and now there's, this is an actual demonic attack that needs to stop. Yeah? It, he will let you know. But don't just think, oh, you know, I've heard this thing once from Timo about spiritual warfare. I know exactly what to do. This is not a formula. Yeah? This is just keep your eyes on Jesus. He will let you know. Okay. Ha. <clears throat> so there's, um, there's this story um, in Exodus 17 where Moses is up on the mountain and he's praying, yeah? And Joshua is down in the valley and he's fighting. Yeah? So there's, there's a battle going on um, and it's actually being fought on two fronts. One is actually the, the more important one, but the other one is the more visible one, okay? So this is Exodus 17 and I'll, I'll read it to you guys. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek came to fight against them. Moses commanded Joshua, call the Israelites to arms and fight the army of Amalek. Tomorrow, I will go and stand at the top of the hill with a staff of God in my hand. If I was Joshua, I was like, no, let's do rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> why, why are you telling me to fight? And you go, what are you doing on the mountain? You know, we need every man, every just, what are you doing, Joshua, uh, Moses? Because Moses was still strong. Yeah, he died healthy. Um, and that's another thing. Like, we read stuff in the Old Testament. Under the old covenant that according to what Paul says is nothing in its glory compared to the glory that the new covenant has. And yet, like I'm seeing, I'm seeing Joshua, um, I'm seeing Moses and they're just, they're all the Israelites for 40 years, they never, their clothes never wore out. They never had a toothache. Do you understand that? For 40 years. Whether they did or didn't brush their teeth, I don't know. But there was no sickness for 40 years. And somehow, uh, thank you, Lord, for the NHS. You know, thank you, Lord, for, for doctors and for everything that he... It's incredible. And yet I'm thinking, I'm living under this new covenant that's supposed to be so much more glorious. 
<sighs> I don't see yeah. So something personally that I'm contending for. I'm just like, come on, Jesus. Anyway. So Moses, so Joshua did was Moses what Moses commanded. He led his men out to fight the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur, the three musketeers, went to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff with his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. But when he lowered his staff, the Amalekites gained the upper hand. Okay? Now, I jokingly mentioned, you know, your, your prayer shawls and your shofars before. There is power in prophetic statements when the Holy Spirit says do it. Don't just do it because I know people that have like an anointing flask on their key ring or something because that's my standard go-to thing. Don't. Yeah. But if he says do something, do it. All right. Um, so here's, um, here's Moses. He's up on the hill. And, uh, and as far as we know, he has not received any strategy from God. Yeah. He just thinks, he's given me the staff. The staff is coming wherever I go. Yeah. Kind of work back at Red Sea. Kind of work when Israel was thirsty. Um, it's, it's a great thing. It's, you know, throw it down. It just became a snake in Egypt. This is, this is I'm going to take this with me. This is the one thing that God has given me. Yeah. I'm going to take it with me. But apart from that, I'm just going to pray. Um, because there's a real life and death situation there. And uh, by now Moses realizes that, you know what? This is not really down to us being really mighty or clever or strong. This is really God and his favor and his protection. And we need that right there. So he, here he is. But we don't, we've not been told that he's given a strategy. Yeah, he just prays. So if he's a bit like me, I'm very animated. I just, you know, and then, because that's what we do in worship. We raise our hands and we just yell and declare and are happy about this. So he may have done that as well. It's just like, rah, God, rah. And there's just, you know, if there were um, new covenant believers that would have prayed in tongues and they're up there on the mountain. And then, and then they realize this weird thing, this correlation with when I'm lifting my hands with the staff in it, Joshua wins. But when I put it down, he loses. So actually, it was almost like this is, in that moment, we, again, I'm reading more into this than there is actually in the text, but I'm also not changing things. He could have stopped praying, yeah? Because it seemed like it was just down to how high the staff is. Like it's, it's up there, we're winning. If it's down there, we're losing. So I know what we're going to do. We're going to do this one. And then, this is, I love this. And then Moses' hands grew tired. Of course, you know, do this for a while. And then I love this. These guys are just really practical. It's like, okay, this is the thing that matters. Now, you and me in, a, in our service, you know, if God says whatever he says. We, we once had this amazing thing where, where God invited us to step higher. So um, Sue Rust actually brought out this. Were you there? When she, she brought out this little ladder. It's a little step ladder. And we just got prophetically just to step up the ladder. It was like three steps. And then just like, just accept this invitation of stepping higher. Yeah. So the whole church was like a fire tunnel, but not, but we're just a ladder tunnel. Yeah. So we just, that was, that was a prophetic thing. Whatever God tells you, do this. But after a while, you and I, we will probably get a bit bored of it. Yeah. If God says to you today, you need to shout breakthrough. Yeah? 
then it's, you know, you're going to be a bit nervous. It's like, ah, oh, but eventually you're going to do it. Maybe twice. Maybe three times, yeah? And then you think, oh, man. And then maybe something happened. Or in Kingsway, at least, we'll be really kind to you. It's like, oh, well done, yeah? Even if nothing happened, well done. Who's, did God tell you to stop shouting? If the, if the only thing that he has told you is, today it's time to shout breakthrough, you better be shouting breakthrough, yeah? Until you can't shout anymore. Because they here, they didn't, they didn't talk about this. You know what? This is really unreasonable. Like, I, I think I had this up now for at least 30 minutes. I mean, that's a reasonable amount of prophetic declaration. Wouldn't you agree? That's what we do. Like, you know, let's move on in our worship service, yeah? It's time for the offering. Timo, could you just please put the staff down? Because, you know, it's, you're in the way. You know, it's testimony time. Or, you know, what, what if God tells you to stand on stage right there in the middle of it all? And just, and this is it. And then Timo, um, service is over. It's 7 o'clock. We're going to lock up. God still told me to do this. What are you going to do? Seriously, because myself included, we'd be, we'd be, we have enough reason, yeah, to argue about. I've, I've kind of obeyed God. Nobody can say I haven't. And now, I just, I'm, I'm being reasonable. Yeah, just, here's Moses, and he knows the only thing that matters right now is that stuff needs to be in the air. And I need to do this until breakthrough is visible down there until complete victory is actually achieved in the visible. So here he stands and he gets tired and they bring a stone for him to sit under and they hold his hands. Okay? And this is, this is where it gets really humbling. Because again, you and me, sorry, I'm always saying you and me, assuming that you're, <laughs> you're just as, as bad as me in this thing. Just say me. If I was, if I am up there holding that staff up and I need to go to the toilet, what will I do? Seriously. Yeah, I just, I would put that staff down. That's really, God, I'm, I'm picking it up in five seconds or in five minutes. Yeah, I'm not that quick. Five minutes. I'm coming back. Those five minutes may have cost Joshua the battle. So we, as far as we're being told, that staff was lifted up for the whole day. It says, <clears throat> um, until sunset. Okay? That's, I don't know, six, eight, 12 hours. Who cares? He went to the toilet at least once. I'm telling you that. And there's this, there's this. <sighs> crazy humility. That, that just says, I don't care what things look like. Now, I'm, I'm not telling you guys that this is what's in your future, that you have to publicly soil yourself or anything like this. I'm just saying there's, there was this resolve in Moses' heart and in his friends that this is the only thing that matters right now. Nothing else matters. And I'm going to hold on to this until I see the promises of God that are at stake at the moment come to into into the visible and and so often we just give up too soon because we get tired or we get hungry or we need the toilet or we get embarrassed or we are reasonable and we think come on i've done this now for 
hearts tonight. And I just want to challenge you guys. Whatever God said to you, hold on to that. Whatever promises he's given you and has invited you to fight for those promises, if, if you've given up, you need to pick up that staff again, whatever that looks like in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. So, so Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on, and they stood on each side holding up his hand until sunset. As a result, Joshua and his troops were able to crush the army of Amalek. <clears throat> then the Lord instructed Moses, write this down as a permanent record and announce it to Joshua. <clears throat> what he's going to do, I will, I'll blot out every trace of Amalek. And, and then Moses built an altar there and called it Yahweh Nissi. The Lord is my banner. He's the one that actually fights for me. I'm riding under his banner. Everything that I do comes under the authority of it is finished. Everything that I do comes under the authority of the resurrected Christ. It's just, ah. So, so everything that I do comes from a place of victory already. Chris Valentin says that you don't, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. And it is that. But sometimes we need to fight nonetheless. Just until we see that victory that we stand in being manifest in the circumstances around us. Because it's no good for you to say, you know, the Lord's my provider, the Lord's my provider, and you've got debt. Just, if he is, which I believe he is, and if that's a truth that is in your heart and that you believe, it needs to be visible, it needs to be manifest in your bank account. It needs to be manifest in the way you, I'm not talking about private jets, you know, and marble floors. I'm just talking about he's my provider. You know, give me today my daily bread. Just whatever, but whatever, whatever truths we hold on to and declare and believe in our hearts, but we don't see them manifest in the circumstances around us yet. Why, why not? You know, and so often we're like, oh, just, you know, I don't know what we thought. I think we just need to be a bit more aggressive again. And this has nothing to do with striving or like, you know, you're responsible for your own breakthrough and all of this. No, it's already a promise. It's like a word of knowledge. You know, God is going to heal somebody with whatever word of knowledge it is. It's, it, the victory is already promised. It's not at stake anymore. But how desperate do you want it? And I, be, I believe, honestly, again, for me personally, because uh, fasting is one of those things where... <clears throat> Um, I absolutely don't believe in fasting in order to get something. But I absolutely do believe in fasting in showing myself how serious I really am about it. Uh, what I mean by that is, um, this is the air I breathe. Yeah, this is my daily bread. Your living word and I can live without you. Okay? Now I'm going to put your head under water for 30 seconds. And I want you to sing that song again. More than oxygen. I need your love. Your, your song's probably going to be very different. It's like, for goodness sake, let me up. I'll, you know, I've got the love of God, but right now I need some oxygen. Yeah? So this is a really dumb example. But there's some things that I'm not even saying we're not serious about it. 
But everybody wants world peace, yeah? Miss America wants world peace. But not everybody is laying their lives down for world peace. And, and that's, that's for me when I, when, when I am invited into the breakthrough that God has for me. And I'm like, yes! And then this is, again, not, not even every time. But sometimes God says, I want you to fast because I want you to realize, to come to look yourself in the mirror. How serious are you about that breakthrough in your family? And it's not that he's hold, withholding it until I'm fasting. It's like, you are, you are fighting from victory. Just that's already sorted. Um, but it's almost like, uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it's a public display, even though I'm not, you know, I'm not posting it on Facebook. By the way, guys, I'm fasting. Um, don't, don't ever do that. But as I walk through the day, I just get to make this choice over and over again. It's like, yes, you know what? This breakthrough, this relationship being mended, that really is more important to me. So thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. You're gonna, this is going to be all glorious. And it's just that, it's, it's that reminder to myself, actually, how high up on the priority list of I really need this. I cannot live without this. Is this thing? Um, yeah. This, okay. So we might go into fasting later on in the school a bit more. But but he is our banner. He's the one that we ride under. He's the one that it's just like we're fighting in the name of Jesus. And that means like everything that we declare is already a victory. It's just so good. And, and again, it's, just, it's amazing that Joshua is the one that gets to actually step into this. Joshua is the one that then gets to manifest that victory. Joshua is the one that gets to take the children of God into the promised land. And the root of Joshua is the same as, as Savior. It's Yeshua. It's, it's the same thing. And he is this type of Jesus. Of He gets to manifest the victory of God. He gets to manifest the victory over the enemy of, of anything that stands against humanity, whether it's sickness, whether it's, it's death, whether it's poverty, whether it's the demonic. It doesn't matter. It's just he manifests that victory. And he is the firstborn of many, leading many sons to glory. It's just like, I love, that's why reads even the boring stuff in the Old Testament, because everything is a shadow of Jesus. Really everything. Even the odd Rituals in Leviticus, uh, it just speaks of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It might be a very weird shadow, but it's a shadow of him nonetheless. Okay, so. <sighs> so when we worship, that's, that's what we do. We just, we don't worship in order to get anything. We don't worship in order to get into his presence. We worship because of his presence. We, we worship because he is our Yahweh Nissi. We worship because we love because he loved us first. It's, it's always, um, Patricia King says, you know, when, when we see him, the only response left is worship. It's that worship is always a reaction. It's never a, um, it's actually never initiated on our part. If I can say, praise is something else. Okay, and, and 
I don't know whether we'll cover this here. But praise is something that you get to choose to praise. I will praise the Lord, yeah? In the assembly of his holy ones, I will. And it's that sort of entering, you know, in, in the Old Testament when we had this, these stages of his holiness, which, again, they're completely taken away, but it's just a really great picture of what it is. But entering into his gates with thanksgiving, with praise. It's that actually, like, I'm declaring who he is. But worship is this reaction to him. It's this response to, oh, the king is here. And then it's never about what he can do, what he has done. It's all about, you're worthy. You, you just, wow. In 2 Chronicles 20, there's a story of Jehoshaphat. And uh, um, I think Andy is going to cover that with you guys. But, but again, this is just an amazing thing because there's so many good points. So I'm going to gonna do this. Starting in verse 1. After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Mennonites, not Mennonites, and the Mennonites, declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. That was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was alarmed by this news. Yeah, so I would as well. Yeah, and sought the Lord for guidance. Good plan. He also gave orders that everyone throughout Judah should observe a fast. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat stood before the people of Judah in Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed. This is amazing, okay? So they are all here because of what? There's an army coming, yeah? There's, one, there's only one issue that matters right now. This is not an economical kind of thing. This is not, hey, we, we need more I don't know, playgrounds for our children, a bit of family. The, the only thing that matters is war is coming. Yeah? So that probably would be the first thing that I would say. But God help us. However you want to do this. What does Jehoshaphat do? This is, this is insane. Oh Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people arrived? And did not, did not you give this land forever to the descendants of, the friend, of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple for you. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such a war, disease, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear and rescue us. What's he doing? Praising. Any mention of, of a war? Any mention of, uh, by the way, we've got an issue, we've got trouble? No. What is he doing? It, this is, I don't know, like 10 sentences in, in all his prayer. That's the majority of his prayer. That he just stands there, lifts up his hand, and publicly, it's both a reminder and a praise to who God is. The problem isn't the problem at the moment. The very, the very important thing is we need to have our eyes on Jesus in this moment. So let's just remember who he is. And he just starts declaring. It's amazing. You and I would be like, ah! Panic had this chicken running around. All of that. 
Not so these guys. Love it. And now he gets around to his point. And it's not like God's like, ah, I knew you weren't just praising me for, you know, my sake. It's not like that. God knows it. But it was just the hard attitude of actually, first of all, I need to have my eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. So guys, with anything that is in your life, you know, any, any bad news that comes your way, if you feel that there's turmoil and anxiety inside of you, if you can, stop yourself. Before you try and fix anything, just, who is Jesus? Where is Jesus in all of this? Oh, by the way, he's still Lord. Oh, it's good to know. Okay, so this is not a surprise to him. He's not scrambling right now for plan B. He's, you know, he's just, he's still laughing happily. Just, so out of that place, let's approach the issue. You'll be, you'll be doing yourself and the people around you a much bigger favor. Trust me. I need to remind myself of that. You know, when I'm stressing about the future and, ah, I still don't have a house. Ah, God, are you going to live under the bridge? Is it really coming? I'm, my biggest fear is I'm going to end up living under a bridge. And now I'm six weeks away from living <laughs> under a bridge. Ah! Yeah. And in that moment, but you, this is who you are. You've never, you know, it says in Psalm, David, like David says, you know, I've, I was young and I've grown old, yet I've never seen the godly ones forsaken or his children beg for bread. Oh, it's a good thing to remember. You've been faithful. Have you ever been? Yeah. And then I, just, I remember all the things that he's done in my life. What am I doing right now? I'm actually waging war. This is what Paul says, taking every, cap, every thought captive that rises itself against the knowledge of Jesus. Because right now, anxiety, panic, um, angst, anger, fear, they want to actually dominate my, my attention. And, and what, what I need to do in that moment, it's that this is waging war within myself. It's like, actually, all these thoughts... They need to bow their, their knees to the name of Jesus because this is who you are, Jesus. You really are my faithful father. You really are my provider. And this is, this is what the journal is good for because you got proof. Because in that moment, some of the things are a bit hazy. Yeah, did, was he really faithful? Was I uh, panicking? It's like, no, I myself wrote these things down. These are my stones of remembrance. This is just, this is something that he's done in my life. And you just... <sighs> you're just lifting Jesus up again. It's like, in, you know, in your own heart. It's like, ah, oh, yes, I remember. You're God. I forgot for a second. Let's address the issue now. And out of that place, there's so much hope and there's so much future in there. And, and you just see already way beyond that one problem, by the way. And um, yeah. Okay. Are you still good? Good. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You will not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they rewarded us, for they have come to throw us out of your land. This is great. <laughs> Making it God's problem. This is your land, God, by the way. But it's a good, this, he, you're allowed to do that. Dad, this is, you know, I'm your child. This is your situation. So what are you going to do about this? Oh God, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. I love this. 
All the men of Judah stood before the Lord with the little ones, wives, and children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Yahaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jehu, son of his son of many things, a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. Okay? Now, as far as we know, this is the very first and only time that this guy has got a word from the Lord. Yeah? This is not Bob Cain. Is it Bob Cain? Yeah. Paul Cain. This is not Bob Jones. This is not um, Ivan and Isabel. This is not even Timo. Yeah? This is, we've already forgot his name, Yahaziel. Yeah? Who is Yahaziel? A nobody. And yet, the word of the Lord comes upon him. And this is what it says. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord is saying. Do not be afraid. Of course you'd say that. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but tomorrow march out against them, and you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruah. That's a really accurate word. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out there tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Amazing word. Incredible. Too good to be true. Yeah? It's never happened before. What do you mean we don't even need to fight? What is this? I happened once with Gideon. But, well, by the way, who are you? You probably already forgot his name again. Like, no idea who this guy is. Then King, and this is, when you know God speaks, it's just, you grab that word, it doesn't matter who it comes from. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clan of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. This is, everybody is buying into this word. This is amazing. They don't have to be convinced. It's like, God has spoken. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you'll succeed. Okay? Jumping back to two weeks ago when we, did, you know, when we prophesied every day, and you got some amazing confirmations, but you also got new things spoken over you. What are you going to do with them? Seriously, these, they need to be alive inside of you. you know, Cammy and I were talking about goals and plans and dreams and all of that. It doesn't matter what you call them, but you need to have a strategy for your life, a prophetic one, please. Just like this is what God has said. This is what this is. I don't know how long it's going to take to get there. That's, that's not my job to know. My, my job is to face that direction because this is where we're going. This is what God has promised. And I'm not letting go of that one. Believe in the Lord and you'll stand. Believe in his prophets and you'll succeed. It is that. Just, <sighs> Proverbs says, uh, a people without vision casting off restraints, they're like, they, they just, they wander aimlessly. And then they do stuff. They engage in other bits that distract from that one thing. So just hold on to your prophecies. Don't let go. Just have them alive. You, you know, 
You all got phones or some records of them. Just listen to them at least once a week. Just, you know, if have them alive. Okay? Now, this gets even funnier. After consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed... So this is they're already out there. Yeah? They're already marching. This is halfway to where they, they're going to meet the enemy. After consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed sinners... Uh, sinners. Singers. <laughs> singers to walk ahead of the army. Singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord... His faithful love endures forever. Yeah? Okay. They're about to face a very real threat. Yeah? And just in case our interpretation of the word isn't as we thought it was, let's put the army in front. That's just... I'm not saying not praising or anything. Let's just be reasonable again. Yeah? Well, they you know, believe in the Lord. You'll be able to stand, believe in his prophets, and you'll be able to succeed. So it's like, right, you know, all you guys, you wanted to be on the worship team. You applied for it last week. You said, oh, Timo, you know, I would love to just be a bit more involved in worship. Sunday is just, just I, I, I really feel I've got something inside of me. I want to contribute. I turn around, it's like, great. Got a really good opportunity for you today. You get to walk ahead into battle with uh, the soldiers behind you. Yes. No, you won't be, you won't be protected no, you, you, you'll carry your shofar or your guitar. You won't have you know, an extra hand for your sword or a shield. No, don't, don't worry. God has promised you won't even need to fight. Isn't that great? <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, ah, this is turning into the kamikaze worship team. Yeah, they're out there. And uh, they're singing. And we sing this song today. It was like, give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love and yours forever. For he is good. He's above all things. All the while thinking, if he doesn't show up, I'm dead. Literally, I'm not. I, this is not. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing. Come on, guys. Sing a bit louder. Sing praise. When you were a kid, you know, going down to the basement and it's all dark and scary. Or walking down an alley that you're a bit worried. You sing, you sing just to keep you a bit happy. La, la, la. If there's anybody down here, I'm just coming down the basement right now. It's just. Yeah? Sing praise, because I'm really scared. Sing praise. Forever you are faithful. Forever you are strong. It's all good things that we need right now. Forever you are with us. Because <laughs> you can see the army already there. Forever. <laughs> and you're looking ahead, and all the soldiers are like, well done. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Who wants to be on that worship team now? Yeah? Nobody. That's why he didn't ask. He appointed them. <laughs> like, we need some volunteers. You, <laughs> Oh, man. Seriously. And this is, this is where it gets funky now. At the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to fight among them. Among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they finished off the army of Seir, they turned on each other. Can you just, this, is, this is weird. There's not one. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, there were dead bodies lying on the ground for as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy has escaped. 
how did that happen? The very last one committed suicide. I seriously like there's all there's always one left because I'm the one that kills you, so I'm still alive. But there was nobody left, so he just thought, "Oh, screw that!" <laughs> Don't know what happened, but everybody's dead. Not a single one of the enemy has escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. And this is, they, there's so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. This is, this is a good fight. Yeah, well done, worship leaders. That's a good song. We're going to keep that one in the repertoire. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing. They just knew how to name places back then. This is the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord. And it's still called the Valley of the Blessing to this day. Ah. You know what? It's, it's okay to freak out and, have, and uh, feel a bit blindsided by, whoa, there's a bill that I didn't expect. Oh, there's a... You know, there's, there's a sickness that I didn't expect. Or there's, there's trouble in relationships that I didn't expect. That's really okay. There's, oh, there's an army coming against it. Didn't expect that one. But first of all, none of these things you can fix anyways. You can make things a bit worse by panicking. And it feels, it, sometimes it feels good because at least we feel like we're doing something, yeah? I know I'm not helping, but I'm running around and doing something. You know, it's better than sitting down. But actually, just because you, you look like you're resting on the outside, that doesn't mean that you're passive in all of this. Just what is it that the Lord has said over your family, over the situation, over that person, whatever it is, who is Jesus? And I just want to encourage you that wage war within yourself, first and foremost, against any thought that tries to eclipse Jesus. You just need to have your eyes on Jesus firmly all the time. And anything else, you'll be able to declare victory on every side. And actually, it finishes with, and the Lord gave him victory, and, um, and he had, he had um, peace on every side. It's just like this, oh, shalom, this, ah, oh, this is, life is good. This, you know, at the end of the day, you sit down, you're like, ah, oh, that's what shalom is. It is well with my soul. Not because they were really good soldiers. Because they trusted a prophecy that came from a guy that has never prophesied before. So just because you get a prophecy from somebody that, you know, everybody, there's a big, Sean Bolts, everybody wants a word from him. Of course. Yeah. But then there's little Joe Nobody. who says, by the way, um, you know, there's a line queuing up for Sean Bolts. Would you like a word from me? Whenever Ivan and Isabel came, and they, they really journeyed with Kingsway over, over years, and, and, and our prophetic team and ministry is just heavily, heavily influenced by them. So when they came and did prof- prophetic conferences, and then every night they prophesied over people, and then there's, there's the queuing up for, oh, yeah, of course, I want to get a word from Ivan and Isabel. And said, yeah, but there's a, about four, five, six, seven teams from Kingsway as well, And they carry the Spirit of God too. Would you believe it? But if if given a choice, everybody would have queued for Ivan Isabel. Because, you know, because they're the name. 
But who are you? You're just, you know, the, you're the Kingsway team. Uh, you're, you're interchangeable. Yet, if God speaks, God speaks. Boom. So first, just don't ever fall into that trap of, I need a word from the big man. Just, uh, uh, if God chooses to speak to you through a big person, thank you. God chooses to speak to you through somebody that usually doesn't even walk that holy. Yeah, You know people in church that you think, ah, I'm a bit concerned about you. Yeah, And then they come up and give you a word. You better take it. It just doesn't matter who he wants to speak through. And then it's just like, believe in his prophets. And this is what he said. Let's do this. And I love this, how Josh, uh, Jehoshaphat just, just all, his, all his chips were in the middle of the table. There wasn't, there wasn't a plan B. Yeah? <laughs> Especially these guys that he appointed. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> they agreed to that. <laughs> it's like, hold on, I, I don't want to be a Levite today. I just, uh, I'd rather be somebody else. It's like, no, you guys, you praise the Lord. Because this is what he said. Ah, so this is part one. Of Yahweh Nissi, our banner. Just um, don't don't fall into this trap of thinking that victory is down to you. Victory is not at stake. However much we walk into this, that's the partnership that He invites us into. Just like you know, is He is He inviting you just to hold that thing, whatever that is, in your heart? It's like, no, that's the one thing. I'm praying for. Sometimes, uh, is actually some of you guys he's given something now. It's like actually that's something that somehow I dropped that. That's I want to pick this one up again. Um, for for years, I was partnering with friends of mine. They couldn't have a baby. Um, and just that was you know that's has nothing to do with my family. It's just friends. And yet God said I want you to partner with them. So every Thursday, that's what you're gonna do. And and it's this thing of just, are you holding on to this? Or are you just letting it go after a couple of weeks or months because I don't see a breakthrough or I'm getting a bit tired or actually just don't want to. You know, whatever, whatever reason it is. And when he's, if he's reminding you right now to just pick stuff up that you've dropped, whether it's, whether it's a discipline, you know, I'm not even talking about a heavy thing, but it's like, actually, yeah, there is something about just setting aside intentional time to pray or to fast or to whatever it is. Um, or, or quite the opposite. I just, this situation, I just need to laugh at it. I, but then do, don't be just polite and be, ha, 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 okay, I laughed at it. No, like do an Andy Britton. Just laugh until, until it's embarrassing for everybody else. And it doesn't matter. Because if that's what God said to you, you better be laughing until the situation is is coming into the alignment of the truth. Amen? So Holy Spirit, I pray that uh, you would teach us how to fight. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the one that takes up all our vision. And where other things come in and try to distract us, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're the one that reminds us to keep our eyes firmly fixed on the things above, on you, Jesus. But also, I thank you that you're teaching us how to fight from this place of victory. 
but just declaring your victory into every circumstance that doesn't show that victory just yet. Thank you that you've equipped us with authority. I thank you that this is just going to be almost child's play because we get to sing about the goodness of God and about your love enduring forever through this whole process. That I thank you that we just get to stand and watch the victory of the Lord. So I declare this over you guys, to stand in that authority that he's given you. I declare this over you guys to, to just know when you have to, when you just get to receive because he's promising you, but where he says now it's time for you to fight until you can see the truth of heaven manifest in your lives. I bless you with the tenacity to hold on to his promises and the, the prophecies they've given to you until you see them fulfilled. Ha. Amen. Ah. Amen. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.